Hi, welcome to The Whole Podcast, a production of Journey to Wholeness, where we talk about making sense of the past, healing the present, and rewiring your future. This month, we bring you a specialty series in honor of Mental Health Month, where in each episode, we will talk about how to develop practices and routines for your mental health. I'm Courtney Ford, and with me is Becky Elkintar, founder and director of Journey to Wholeness. And today, we're talking about developing a nutritional practice. Also joining us today is Timberlyn, who is a nutritional therapist. Timberlyn. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) So yeah, I am a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. And in my practice, I help women who specifically are struggling with digestive issues, maybe some hormonal issues, and are looking for an alternative to um, just like standard medical treatment, looking for a more holistic approach. So, yeah. Yeah. And Timberland is also a facilitator with Journey to Wholeness and is married with... Oh, yeah. I guess I could share some of that. (laughs) Yep. I'm married. Uh, My husband's name is Adam. He is a um, personal trainer and um, we have a daughter. Her name's Nora. She's three. And then we have a little boy on the way, actually in about a month here. Yeah. Here. She's holding oh. on to her belly right now, <laughs> <laughs> eagerly anticipating his arrival. Well, awesome. So we decided that we wanted to come on. Uh, we haven't been on air in the recent past, a kind of adjusting, uh, growing uh, in Journey to Wholeness. And so if you're not familiar with Journey to Wholeness, uh, Courtney, you did a great job at explaining what we do there. But we welcome you to check out j2wholeness.org. Uh, we have so many more offerings uh, and products and, and uh, modalities in which we're entering into to provide the services that Journey to Wholeness does provide. Uh, but this month, we really wanted to come on air and talk about Mental Health Awareness Month. And really, Journey to Wholeness is a mental health uh, provider. We're a bridge program in which we help bridge. Maybe you uh, have never gone to therapy and you're thinking about it, or maybe you have gone into therapy uh, and you don't necessarily feel like you need a full one-on-one therapy right now, but you're looking for a group option in which you can continue to grow. And so one of the things, you know, one of the pillars of Journey to Wholeness is our mental health. And mental health is an incredibly important part of our overall health. Uh, and we're just so honored that uh, Timberland is going to talk to us a little bit about a, a second prong of our overall health, which really affects our mental health. But I think we were talking a little bit about how uh, mental health and our nutritional health, there's like a little bit of a chicken or an egg mm-hmm. kind of effect in yeah. that. But with a growing awareness of individuals experience mental health systems, we're featuring some of our Journey to Wholeness facilitators who are absolute experts uh, in their field. And so throughout this month, we will be featuring their personal stories, lived experiences, and then provide some practical tips and tools to help you develop practices to support your mental health as well. And so I'm so excited uh, because Timberland has lived through it. (laughs) And so this is real life experience. And from that, um, her heart has been to help others. So if you know anything about Journey to Wholeness, you know that that's how Journey to Wholeness was born as well. Uh, And so it's just really, uh, I think we walk uh, side by side in our desire to help individuals get through some things because really, uh, once you know the pieces, really there is an opportunity not just for help, but to see full healing in some of the things that we're struggling with. So tell us uh, about your story, Timberland. Sure. I'll try not to lay out the whole timeline. (laughs) So I feel like I could go back to like the beginning. Um, So I'll go. And really, I think there might be some people out there who are like, wait, 
is this connected? Sure. And having the same symptoms maybe sure. you first yeah. were struggling with. Sure. So I usually start my story in high school because that's when a lot of my symptoms started. Uh, so I, I mean, I didn't tie in the whole mental aspect until later on in life, but um, actually had a sister with a brain tumor. Um, and we found out about all of that around the time that I was in high school. And that's kind of, I mean, for anybody who has a sibling with a like any kind of illness, whether it's cancer or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, the challenges that go along with that, lots of different hospital visits and things like that. So very stressful time in our family. But uh, along this time, I started having very severe um, digestive issues. And so for me, what that looked like was going to the bathroom way too often. Mm -hmm. Like I used to have to plan my trips in high school around where the bathroom was. Mm, And yeah, (laughs) yeah. And then on top of that, I got my I got my period later than most women. Um, I got it when I was like 14, 15. But then when that came, I had terrible periods where they'd be so heavy. Um, I'd often miss school. I'd stay home and I wouldn't leave the bathroom like all day because I just felt like mm. terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of how it all started. I remember going to my doctor and feeling like he didn't have very many options for me because right. I was, and I I would always tell him like, I notice it's worse when I eat pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was already yeah. back then kind of like tying things together. Like sure. I had pizza for lunch and then the rest of the day was just like trash for me. Like mm-hmm. I just felt terrible. Um, and he kind of looked at me, nodded and um, didn't have a ton of solutions. Um, so for me being who I am, I'm a very curious person. I kind of just started like researching. And honestly with my my sister and her situation, my mom and I kind of were like, grasping at straws for her health because it was very dire. And they said that there was there was only so much that they could do. So we started looking into like juice cleansing and like all sure. of these different weird things. And we tried so many different things. And I remember it was just like this yo-yo, like my mom would lose weight because that was always her thing that she wanted. And for me, it was like, oh, my digestive issues are getting better when I eat a little cleaner. And then um, we'd always end up like, indulging at like a birthday party or like going on vacation and then eating whatever we wanted and then kind of ending back at square square one, right? Sure. Like where we started. Um, similarly, my sister, she'd start to feel better and then she would usually have some kind of like, like, resp- like extreme response when we go back to eating more inflammatory. So that was early on in my story. And then I um, eventually I crossed paths with uh, a a wellness company that kind of connected some dots for me. And I started doing a lot of different like nutrition testing, like food allergy testing, and just learning more about like how the body was created to function optimally and all the different kind of stresses that can get in the way of that. So I wanted to ask, as you started the story, and I, again, I think I often think chicken and the egg. Uh, but as you were talking, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that those two stories, your sisters and your own, somewhat coincided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, one, I, it can be very frustrating. I know some of you listening were probably like, yes, that was me as a teenager. And people probably just pawned it off to, oh, you're, you know, you're a teenager and so you don't eat well and so yeah. you're going to have these things. Um, and really, you don't have the words to know what's normal. I'm or quoting here, not normal. Yeah. Uh, and so how that can prolong uh, the time before we actually seek out help or even try to communicate what we're experiencing. And how many traditional doctors don't have full like nutrition. They have their basic class, right? But they're not experts in nutrition and the digestive system. So I just wondered, looking back now, 
do you think that your digestive issues, I always see God in everything. So I'm like, oh, what a God thing. Uh, because <laughs> you getting agitated would have then sought you to seek out some solutions because that is the type of person you are, which would then benefit not only you, but your sister. And and I, it's a long road. We're not saying that's where it was done, but I just think, wow, I wonder if really all that that was going on spurred some of the issues you had. You know, again, chicken or the egg, which right. one was yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I mean, my diet, I mean, like, I always look at the diet because that's my profession. But my diet wasn't great growing up. It was very standard American. We ate a lot of fast food. I was an athlete, so we were, like, always on the run. But knowing that that's really when things started to, like, exasperate for me, now I've made that connection. Yeah, yeah. like, I was, it was a stressful time in yeah. our family, so. Yeah, and usually until something like that happens— do we not realize that the things that we're doing and engaging in are having that type of effect on us? Right. I I think of my grandma who would say, well, you're young and it's going to catch up with you. And I never thought it would. And I'm here telling you it does <laughs> uh, now further on in my years. No, and I was just thinking that <clears throat> I feel like we're in this generation too where people are like, oh, but my parents fed me that. I'm fine. Like, and you turned out fine. And it's like, but did I? Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like we're in that that age of people right now where what we were fed when we were younger or, you know, and, and our parents didn't know any better. Like, yeah, I mean, that's right. just what was available, right. you know. Um, yeah. and, and we're and, so resilient that you wouldn't have known that it was having that effect on us. I think of all the blue things and the red things and the microwave things that we ate. Yeah. That later on you find, okay, I wasn't getting um, my full nutrient and mineral stores. And yeah. so I was you know, working at a deficit for a long time, but living as if I weren't and really pushing and pressing myself. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are totally right. So yeah, that kind of started everything. Right. Yeah. And then I started doing some more research, seeing certain different kinds of like holistic doctors doing some testing. How how old were you at this point when you started going to more testing? Uh, 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So not too long after high school. Yep. Yeah. I had like two years where I kind of just pretended like everything was okay after yeah. high school. Um, I'm still younger than you want to be. Yeah seeking out these. And definitely like I had a lot of shame about like my digestive issues. Like mm -hmm. I never told anybody. I like didn't even tell my parents. Yeah. Like I would go to the doctor and I kind of talked to him about it. But like I was like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like it, it is kind of a, I, I have some girlfriends where like their kids didn't tell them that they were having bowel. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of a embarrassing thing. Yeah. It shouldn't be with your yeah. parents. Uh, but then when their kids, you know, when they started asking the questions and what you haven't, you know, went to the bathroom and how many days yeah, or, right. you know, you just, I mean, you don't check on your kids' bowel movements unless they're toddlers like mine. Right. right. <laughs> my kids are like, mom, come wipe my butt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like count how many times my daughter goes to the bathroom during the day. But that's just me now, right? Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're good. good. You're yeah. good. Yeah. So at 21, you're seeking out yeah. some nutritional yeah. so, wisdom. Yep. So I, I ended up working for this company, learning like all that I could, working under a lot of different, like really well- really, really great doctors. And um, then eventually I was like, okay, I want to help people. So I sought out um, my training through the Nutritional Therapy Association. And when I finished that, that's kind of when everything started to make the most sense to me because I got a full picture of the human body and how it's supposed to function. And then all of what's working against us, unfortunately, in our environment and in our food. And then from there, that's when I started my practice but in there also, <laughs> my husband and I got married and we moved to Milwaukee together. We were newlyweds. He was still in college. 
we were very young and we had some marriage struggles because anytime you come together in marriage, um, there's an adjustment period. It's, yeah. Yeah. And you start to just see things in yourself that you didn't know needed to be worked on. And that's like a really like gentle way to say it. Yeah. Like it was really ugly in the beginning in our marriage. And, um, we had about four years of like not liking each other. And I think some of that was he had stuff he needed to work through, but I had a lot of, I had a lot of anxiety and I had a lot of depression. And I know that those words are thrown around a lot these days, but for me, it was just like everything I did kind of like, even it felt like no matter what I did with my health, I still like always had like this sense of urgency. Like I, like I had to be doing something or I wasn't doing the right thing or I wasn't, I wasn't going to be liked or like whatever the thing was. I was really worried all the time. Mm. And we were living in a new city. So that was really hard. So making new friends and being like the only married people because we were living in Milwaukee and nobody when they're 24 is married in Milwaukee. (laughs) It's very taboo, um, at least in the part that we lived in. But anyhow, so some rough times. And then, so we had some marriage struggles, kind of hit rock bottom and decided that we both needed to work on ourselves in order to fix our marriage. Thankfully, God brought us to that place because that's when I really started to see true healing happen across the board. Mm -hmm. So that's when like he and I started seeing counselors and I had a really great mentor who had done the um, Freedom Life Skills program. Mm -hmm. And so she started speaking all this life over me and like all this stuff about boundaries and rewiring the mind and like talking about like your past affecting your present. So it was kind of like little bits and pieces of journey before I got to journey. So that was like really cool. So I started and it was a lot of like, I would like meditate on like scriptures that were like, okay, renewing the mind. So thinking on whatever is good and pure and lovely, because for me, it was a lot of my mind always went to negative places really quickly. I'm an Enneagram six. Mm-hmm. So anybody who knows the Enneagram oh knows gosh, that that's, that's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> Loyalist, make uh-huh, a plan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So every worst case scenario, like anything I do, I right. think about what, what could go wrong. Yeah. But I mean, a lot happened in my childhood that went wrong. And so it makes sense that I kind of just adapted to my environment and like kind of seeing things in a more negative way outlook, unfortunately. But um, so kind of started there. And then I met a friend, you know, it's a couple years later, my husband and I are working our marriage, things are going pretty good. Um, Met a friend, she was like, we should do journey to wholeness. Or no, actually, I think I said to her, I told her because I'm also was an act, well, I'm I'm healing from codependent tendencies. (laughs) Um, I told her she needed journey to wholeness. (laughs) And so we did it together. And that was really like, it was it was like everything I had heard from a mentor and in counseling and in books, because I had read all these books, yeah. right? And trying to fix our like the issues in our marriage. And it was all laid out into like a 12-week program that just like connected all the dots. It was like really easy to understand, absorb, and it was like like, you know, just dripped to us each week mm-hmm. that I was able to meditate on it and have aha moments and then kind of just like Honestly, for the first time after my first journey to wholeness session, I felt relief from anxiety, wow. which I, we just talked about this mm-hmm. like a little while ago, like mm-hmm. that it was like for the first time I realized that it had nothing to do, well, it didn't have nothing to do with food. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, it wasn't so much that- It wasn't only the food. Yeah. And I was driving yeah. myself crazy because I was doing everything right. Right. And I still like, I still had anxiety and I'm like, what? But there's a gut brain connection. I'm doing everything right in my gut. Why do I still feel anxious all the time? 
So yeah. that was where my first like relief from anxiety, but it was still there, you know. And then I had my daughter, which brought about a whole nother challenging, like different things that come to mind, worst case scenario with a newborn, all of that. Um, so that was challenging as well. But we, I worked through that. It's a lot of just praying and telling yourself otherwise. And then I wanted to get involved in Journey to Wholeness because it had, it had impacted me so much. And I saw in my practice, working with women with anxiety and digestive issues and different like, you know, hormonal issues, I could get them to a certain place especially if there's like a trauma in their background. Right. But I can only get them to a certain place in healing. And then they had to like take supplements like all the time. And it was just like, it's exhausting, right? Yeah. So I was like, these women need journey to wholeness too. <laughs> like I need, and I started like taking little be- bits of what I learned and kind of like planting seeds. And honestly, a lot of my clients have done journey to wholeness. Yeah. yeah so I did another round of journey to wholeness and I felt like that helped a little bit more, yeah. right? Because I just kind of went through it all more and I kind of, I dove more into my childhood and the second time around too. So I think we should pause here and really help people understand like, okay, I hear that you did both things and maybe you don't know fully why. Why why (laughs) is the combination of these two things working? And there's a science behind it as well as scripture that's behind it. Um, But I think, I I just want to read this quote that I read um, from the Harvard Health, which I think might help. And when we talk about our digestive system and what Timberland's referring to is really like uh, the second brain is what mm-hmm. um, often yeah. it's called. It's the brain in your gut um, that basically can affect your digestive well, digestion, obviously, but also your mood and your health and also the way you think. And so even in your story, as you were talking, you can hear that connection of, well, I did all these things and I was still struggling with anxiety. Yeah. Um, what was left? And it really, when we're looking at our overall health, we have to look at, you know, all of the, uh, we use analogies like the the three uh, legs of the stool or other different parts of our body. Often we refer here to Luke ten twenty seven, which is love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind. Your, your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And really we're talking about um, a mind, body, spirit um, focus. Sure. And so, um, but the, the quote from Harvard Health said this, and I just thought, wow, this really talks about like what you're speaking to. It says a troubled intestine can send signals to the brain just as a troubled brain mm-hmm. can send signals to the gut. Therefore, a person's stomach or intestinal distress can be the cause or the product, the cause or the product, so chicken and the egg, uh, of anxiety, stress, or depression. That's because the brain and the gastrointestinal system are intimately connected. And I think that was like the best uh, description I've heard of it when we're trying to explain, you know, even when someone comes into a journey to wholeness session, um, often I will see they've done all the work and they've made huge strides, but there's a different leg of their overall health that they're struggling with, which is why um, it's just so beautiful that all of our um, healing and healthcare providers are being drawn to journey. Like you said, uh, I could bring them to a certain point, but then I need it. I know they need another leg. And we've been on the opposite side of that and journey that I can get uh, people into or through the program, we help people get to a better mental, emotional, even spiritual state. But the physical leg is the leg that we tend to stuff things, especially as Americans, uh, frequently in the church, you know, we focus on all of the other planes of ourself and tend to uh, push our bodies harder and further uh, or disregard our bodies in certain ways. And so I'm not saying that you've done that, but maybe you've had a track of, 
you know, this is what I had. This is what I've struggled with. I dealt with that. And on the flip side is the mental, emotional, or spiritual health. But really, it takes us working on all of those in conjunction. Um, the analogy with the stool is that I can work on the mental uh, piece of it. And the leg, let's say the leg of that the, of the stool grows there. But if the other ones, I haven't dealt with that at all, I'm still going to have an uneven stool and I'm going to be struggling. And we can get frustrated because we think, well, I've done all these things. So why am I not seeing a result? And really what we have to start doing is saying, well, have you considered your emotional health, your spiritual health? and your physical health. And particularly uh, because journey is very brain focused, I would ask, are you paying attention to your gut brain? Yeah, for sure. And uh, like also like every, (laughs) every molecule that's in your brain was once on your fork. Like our bodies are literally made up of what we're putting in our bodies Mm. on a molecular cellular level. Yeah. So if you're feeding your body processed, sugar ridden, junk foods most of the time that's what your brain then is made out of and that's what's affecting and impacting your gut lining um isn't that a visual like you know yeah toxins traumas and thoughts right yeah if my food has toxins I always think of uh the cartoon inside out. Really, I should like partner with them. Uh, and <laughs> you that, should be getting yeah. some of their sales. <laughs> I, I, as you were talking, I just thought of sadness going and touching all of the memories. And really when you're eating processed foods and particularly processed foods that maybe you're sensitive to, because yeah. uh, our body does a great job of filtering and working on that. But when we overload it, or if yes. there's a sensitivity that we have to it, uh, then it's going to have that same effect as sadness walking and touching all of the cells uh, and uh, affecting those in a negative way. Not that there's anything wrong with sadness. Sadness has a purpose and uh, brings us to a certain place. But when we get, I think, overwhelmed, I think the problem is when all of those cells get touched by that and yep. they're no longer able to filter or process that out, then we start feeling the effects of the stress, of the anxiety, um, of depression in which we have foggy or unclear thinking. I know uh, for me, I have certain food sensitivities and I can feel really foggy minded. And then you feel, you know, you're hard on yourself uh, if you haven't done journey wholeness and practice it, that, you know, what is wrong with me is often something we hear, but also we can then... Um, introduce fear uh, because we can go, well, you know, grandma had some memory problems. Maybe I do too. And we look at it as if that's our destiny and our lot uh, rather than going, how did God design me? And am I working in conjunction with that? Or am I doing some things that, you know, are working against that right now? And I need to learn how it is that my creator made me, what is accessible to me and how my body functions. And then how can I join in to help my body be the best and the healthiest that it can be? Yeah. So tell us how you did that. Yeah. So you mean like... All of it? Or? All of it. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> um, Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah. So I guess for me, I used to I used to come at like the nutrition wellness space and my clients in a like like diet needs to be perfect because that's what I found to be true in my own story. And that's really hard to do. <laughs> like it's really hard to do even for myself. I'm more of like a more rigid person. So I feel like I am the exception to like most people, unfortunately, well, I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate. But <laughs> it's just who you are. It is who I am, yeah. So um, so it comes easier to me for whatever reason, probably some kind of trauma from my past. But uh, so I I would I would teach my clients, you know, everything that could possibly be creating inflammation in their gut. 
and stressing out their nervous system. Because that's kind of what it comes back to is like our nervous system. We need to be in the rest and digest mode in order to heal, in order to function properly. So like digestion, I think about digestion. This is like my favorite topic because it's what I've experienced the most. In order to properly digest your food, um, in order to be primed to break down your food and for your body to digest it, you have to be in rest and digest. You have to be in that parasympathetic mm-hmm. mode. And a lot of us are walking around totally frazzled and stressed out by our lives. And whether that's from something that's happened in our past or our environment, because that can be kind of, you know, stressful as well, whether it's our food, but also a lot of like our modern day conveniences like technology will interfere with our body and we're wearing shoes all the time and we're not grounding with the earth and I'm not getting sunlight and like all of these necessary things that the human body craves and needs, we're basically not giving it. Um, so I really, in my practice, I educate women on all of that, but I've really now am I'm very passionate about the mind side of things just because I've seen such a big, big turn in in my own story when addressing the mind. Uh, because what I've noticed since healing, healing my brain or my, you know, thought patterns and things like that, is that my body can handle those stressors better yeah. than it could when I was totally stressed out. Right. And so now I take an approach with my clients like, yes, this is the things that can help you get there sooner you know, we need to nourish your body, make sure you're eating enough because so many women are trying to lose weight and they're under eating. That would be like the very first thing that I have every client do and it's the hardest thing to get them to do is eat. Like eat, yeah. <laughs> eat so, woman. <laughs> so when when you do that, do you uh, do you have them like you track food? Like how do they know they're eating enough? Like what would you recommend for them? Yeah, tracking can also be really stressful for people. It can, yes. for sure. I tell them to track their protein intake. So if you're eating something that obviously, you know, has protein, put it in your tracker because I always tried to tell them to get to like 100 to 120 grams of protein a day. And that's on the lower end, honestly. (laughs) Our body needs protein to heal too. So if we're, if we know we're in this state of stress and our body's dysfunctioning, we know that there's some healing that needs to take place. Protein is the building block to do that. So I have them track protein for sure. If it's, if tracking doesn't stress them out, because there's some personalities that they're like, oh, I love that. That makes things so much easier. My husband's like that. He tracks all his food. But if they if they will do it, then that's great. But yeah, getting them, like most people, when they first start tracking their food, they're like 900 calories a day. I know. And like 40 grams of protein maybe. Mm-hmm. And like just getting these women out of that diet mentality and into nourishing your body because the only way you're going to get the results that you want is by giving your body what it needs. That's like the biggest hurdle to get over. For sure. So I I help with nutritional stuff with a lot of the members at our gym. And it's crazy. Like in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was, you know, like all the marketing ads were so eat less, eat less, yeah. eat less. And so people are so stuck in that mentality and just starving themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't help that like there's so many different diets and so much misinformation. (laughs) And there's too much information. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's overwhelming enough, right? Like that's stressing our nervous systems. Like we can go on Google and be bombarded with like all, I don't know, ads and just like, you should be doing this diet, read this book. And then you do all those things and you just feel like more frazzled at the end of it. Yeah. But eating more. And that was a huge hurdle for me too, because I grew up with like some body image, just I didn't even touch on that. But most girls do, I feel like. We're all like comparing ourselves to the, 
I grew up in the generation where everybody was like touched up, right? On the, you know, magazine covers. Yeah. I, do they well, still do that? on social really media, I think. Yeah. There's yeah. been a few people who have pointed that out for sure. Yeah, I, I heard, I'm trying to think of the quote, but uh, that uh, Americans are the most overfed, malnutritioned yes. people uh, in the world. Uh, wow. And that's, I, if I think back to, you know, I'm an 80s kid. Uh, and if I think back to what we were eating at the time, um, there was very little nutrition in it. And uh, we were one of the first um, latchkey kids. And so our parents were both working out of the house. Most of us uh, were responsible for our own meals. So you can just imagine. And, and our parents did as well as they could. They often left uh, things on the table and instructions. I learned how to cook, I think, when I was like 10 years old. But because, you know, they'd worry that you know, we had a gas stove and there were definitely things that were like quick. Um, I remember having, I, I laugh at now, but God bless my parents. I love you. Uh, but we had Chef Boyardee um, lasagna. And really you don't need like a packaged anything for lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yet we did. And so I think about the packages and the cans that were in there. And I think, oh my goodness, like how much nutrition was in there. And so there is this like level of... Um, I think depravity, uh, which then maybe leads us to being hard on ourselves for having negative thoughts or being, I don't know, we just have high expectations and yet we're not showing ourselves the abundance and the generosity and the hospitality that God would have for us. Yeah, I was just going to say that in the in that phase of generation, it was convenience, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? And like there was a, there was, my husband read an article one time about uh, the storyline of KFC and like, KFC was a big deal. I don't know when it came out, but like say it was came out in the 90s or whenever it came out. I mean, it was like moms needed meals fast because it was in the stage where moms were going back to work and there wasn't so much stay-at-home mom stuff. So it was like a booming market. Like what? I can get a 12-piece fried chicken and mashed potatoes and have a hot, warm dinner on the table for my family. The study was like if... um, if KFC were to have opened today, that business would have failed. Like, because it's a, di- it was the, the, it was all about the timing of when right. different businesses open and how timing is so important. Yeah. It was just, it was kind of a cool. There was also this PBS, I, I do love PBS documentaries and there was a PBS like series and uh, it was two individuals. I think they were comics and they would live in the time like that decade or that, you know, eight in the 1800s or 1700s or, you know, a specific time period, the Victorian period. And they would dress up like those people and also eat what the typical meal was for that generation or that time period. And really like what we didn't know and what we were trying to figure out and what we thought was good for us and what we ate or how we ate really is a product of how much we knew at that point and what, you know, what the culture really was looking for and reflecting um, and then uh, being accommodated for. So I think I'm glad you brought it up because I think if you're listening to this going, oh my gosh, I've done this to myself. Don't feel that way at all uh, because we just know what we know and we do the best that we can until we do know. And so it's good that we pause to say that because really when we're talking about, I think, nutrition and health and emotional health and mental health, 
these weren't things that we were taught in grade school. These weren't things that were in our health class, at least not mine. And it sounds like looking at you too, it wasn't you either. I would have to ask my daughters, you know, what are they teaching you right now? And do you know some of these concepts? And do you realize, or have you made the connection of the impact that that has um, on your mental health, your gut health, and how it's not always just one or the other, that there are different things playing into that story. I love that you brought up your daughters because actually yesterday I was coaching one of our college athletes and she's in a nutritional course in college right now. And she started talking to me about all the things she's been learning in her college course. And like, I mean, I took college, I'm not that old and I took health courses and things like that. And like, what she's learning is nothing that I was ever taught at that age. And I had to seek it out on my own and take my own classes. So there's definitely growth and it's coming into the high schools and the colleges, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what is maybe the number one thing right now that you see in terms of making that connection, helping people make that connection between mental and nutritional health? And what would be, uh, second, what would be the number one thing you would recommend to someone when they're trying to figure out, you know, what, where is this originating from? What should I be considering if I've been having mental health struggles and I've never considered maybe it's part of my nutrition, my gut health, or they've struggled like you did for a long period with gut health and maybe uh, it's something that they need to examine in their mental health. Sure. I love that the gut-brain connection is becoming a hot topic Mm -hmm. because I think that's where you have to bring people back to is just remembering that the gut communicates or the gut communicates to the brain and the brain is constantly communicating to the gut. So once you can really wrap your head around that phenomenon that's happening, then you can start to understand why they're both important. The biggest thing, like one of the biggest things when I'm sitting in a meeting with a client and they're talking about things, a lot of times I'll just be like, I'll have to like correct what they're saying. So I'm like, no, no, that's like, we don't want, it's, there's no shame around this, right? Like we want, we want to reframe that. Like you, it's not that you can't have this food, you're choosing not to have it. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of times there's a lot of negativity around making like healthy lifestyle changes, right? They don't want to do it. And I'm like, if you're just going to be mad about doing it, right. you're not, you're not, you're hurting your body because <laughs> mm-hmm. we need to, we need to be Cultivate an environment for healing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like you need to have both. And honestly, I've been kind of having to like fine tune that that verbiage that I use with my clients and kind of going back and forth. And Journey to Wholeness has helped with that. Mm. But really just like coming alongside them and just telling them like, hey, I've been there. Right. Like I understand. And this is what's helped me. So I think sharing my story a lot of times helps too because then women can um, really, I like, see themselves in my story and like a lot of them like right now I'm kind of pivoting in my practice a little bit with being a new mom with littles I kind of want to step away from one-on-one for a little bit so I I've had this pretty much since starting journey to wholeness and having the idea of like women need this information I was like how can I get my clients this I'm not a licensed counselor I'm not I'm a journey to wholeness facilitator now but even that is like how can I get this information into my into my clients' hands. And so actually Tiffany, who's another Journey to Wholeness facilitator, her and I kind of exchanged services for a while. So she is a um, mental health coach and she will be a licensed 
counselor yeah. um, soon. And so, she's a, an emotional release coach. As well. Yes, emotional release, yeah. And so her and I have kind of collaborated on a project. We're calling it Nervous System Nutrition. So it's an online course. Again, it's going to be like a lower barrier to entry option as far as payment too, because it's not one-on-one. It's right. videos that you can watch. Um, so basically it lays out like here are all the foundational health things that you need to know to help your brain. And I say at the end of everybody, at the end of every video, I'm like, you don't need to do all of these things, yeah. but you could do all of these things. Pick five of them and you're going to see huge improvements. Right. Really focus on rewiring your mind. <laughs> like, right. Cause I always go back to that. I'm like, that is huge. Um, and then Tiffany brought her, you know, her half of the course is all about like using cognitive behavioral therapy and different um right. A lot of the things that are in the journey to wholeness, but aren't necessarily labeled that. Right. So it's been really interesting to learn more about that too. I don't know. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, I love that you went that direction because it made me it made me think of scripture really because we often say, "Well, we didn't know," and a lot of things that we say we didn't know were in scripture. We just didn't have the science to support that to make us. Uh, I don't know, just give us the catalyst really to pursue it. So as you're saying, like, look, the more you're learning about it, the more effects that you see, uh, the more uh, you're going to be inspired to pursue this further. But yes, absolutely. Starting out, is, it feels difficult because you are rewiring your brain. This is a pathway that your brain didn't go before. Yes. There's something else yep. that you've been doing. It was your habit, your practice. And so when you first do it, and I have experienced the same, uh, it isn't until I tell myself I'm going to eat better, do I crave all the things I never eat any other day or I feel deprived. I can go days where I don't eat until like dinner time and I was fine because I was busy. But the day I tell myself I'm going to change something up is a day that I am like so hungry the entire day, right? And it's just because this is just not the way we've gone before. And so my brain is like resisting because it's just accustomed to, but also it has adapted so that uh, we can survive and we can mm-hmm. you know, get through our days, but we're moving from surviving to thriving. And so it's a muscle that needs to be built not technically in our brain, is a synapsis. Uh, but the analogy is the muscle that we need to build up in order for us to be able to walk this way. And so it made me think of the scripture um, in John seven thirty eight. that says, Jesus said that our belly is the source of our spiritual life. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, meaning that movement, meaning the things, our digestive system is working as it should. And in the time, in biblical times, uh, the people at the time would have looked at the belly as a source of all life, as the source of our moods and our feelings. And so even then they had uh, a knowledge of, they didn't have all of the science that we have today. They didn't have all of the technical stuff that we had today, but they knew uh, that if we have a healthy gut, uh, even my uh, grandfather would say, happy belly, happy life. Uh, and that if we were uh, treating our bellies well, if we were filling ourselves up and not depriving ourselves, we would have the nutrition or the nutrients we needed, the mineral stores we needed. Um, and then that would actually release our gut's neurotransmitters would then affect our mood yeah. and how we interact with the world. And so even though they didn't know, they did know that the, the the scriptures have all wisdom that lead us that way. If you looked up belly uh, and went to the concordance, you would find all kinds of scriptures about 
your belly or your gut health and really what will come from it um, if you eat a certain way. And so there's even um, instruction in the Old Testament about what to eat and not to eat. And it wasn't that, oh, this is unholy and holy. It was, this is going to actually affect your body in a certain way. And because early on, they didn't have refrigeration and things Mm -hmm. like that. It was safer for us to stay away from certain things at that point. Now, that's not all there is to scripture. I hear someone out there going, wait a second, there's also a spiritual aspect. Of course there is. Uh, But what our point is, is that there is a physical aspect as well. The scripture has always pointed us toward and that we're talking about here. And so really, I I feel like we know certain things. We don't know all things. I always say if I had a laboratory, I, I would be able to do everything on my own. But there's still a sense of, do I pay attention to my gut? And when it's feeling bloated, when it's feeling like different. Do we pay attention to our body enough? Do I feel my joints feel uh, out of whack or do I feel when I have a headache? Like, do I notice those things or do I push past them, mask them, treat them, put some scaffolding around them and then just keep plowing forward and not really give my body uh, the opportunity to go into that parasympathetic state to actually heal, to actually allow my brain to enter into more positive life-giving thoughts so that that communication in my body is flowing like the scripture says, Uh, flowing like uh, rivers of living water. So Timberland, you talked earlier about some of the symptoms that you were having when you were a teenager into your early 20s. What would be, I guess, in a more of a practical sense, what would, if a woman was having XYZ symptoms, like what type of symptoms would she need to have in order for you to see her? And from there, like what kind of consultation would happen? Or I guess, how would that look when, you know, I think, I think it's really hard for people to, I mean, bloating. That could be like, I, you know, like it's such a vague symptom. How do you know if you need help, I guess? That's a good question. You know? Yeah. On the topic of bloating too, it's also been, it's like normalized. Like it's just, oh, I'm bloated after lunch. Like, and that's just like what we expect now. Um, But no, that's not supposed to happen. (laughs) Not to say that doesn't happen to me. It still happens to me because I don't make perfect food choices. But um, there's a reason that's happening. And like Becky said, you need to listen to your body. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so uh, a lot of times women will reach out to me. um, It's either (laughs) moms are so funny because it's like my child, right? My kid's having skin issues. Or a lot of times it's their kid that they're coming to me and they're like, they wanna, they want their kid to be seen first. Or it's the opposite. It's moms who want to like lose weight because I'm also like a nutritionist. Like when people hear nutritional therapist, they're like, oh, she's a nutritionist. She can help me lose weight. So I have a lot of women who are like, I want to lose weight. And then we sit down and we talk about their body. And then I'm like looking at their health history and I have them fill out this really extensive like symptom burden graph. It's like 350 questions, all symptoms. And I'm like, you want to lose weight, but you haven't pooped in five days Mm. and you're not getting your period. Like they just have completely gone away. And goodness, not sleeping at night. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of just like skin, like they have all these symptoms, but their main focus is I want to lose weight. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, what's focus on? And then I have to kind of educate them. Like, we're going to focus on getting your body functioning optimally, and then the weight will come off. And a lot of times that is getting their body out of that sympathetic fight or flight stress response. That's great. That's where we start, right? And so that's eating more food, um, looking at like 
what nutrients, because a lot of times those symptoms can point us to what nutrients are deficient as well and getting them on like some supplementation because for most of their life, you know, a lot of these women are like 30, 35, have been eating the standard American diet. So very nutrient void. Um, so getting them on some like really nutrient dense, like vitamins and minerals and things like that. Like the first things that can happen is like, oh, you start pooping every day. I'm like, yeah, that's what we want. We actually want you to poop like two or three times a day. Like that's yeah. ideal. Like get it, it has to come out. Like what's going in you has to come out. Yeah. <laughs> and then they start to say things like, oh, like I got my period. I thought I was like pre-menopausal. Like that's what my doctor told me. And you know, they're like 33 and that's like really early for that. Yeah. <laughs> 30 years too yeah. early. <laughs> and, um, and I'm like, yeah, you're supposed to have your period. Like that's normal function. So as we're correcting these things through diet and lifestyle changes, your, your body's going to start functioning the way that it's supposed to function. Like yeah. that's the ideal. That's the end goal. And a lot of it is just making sure that they're eating enough food, making sure that they're eating the right foods. And really it is as simple as eating real food. Like that's what it comes down to. Unfortunately in America, there are a lot less restrictions and laws on our food and what's available to us. So like what Pastor Becky said, we're overfed and undernourished. There are foods that are legal here that are not legal in yes. Europe. <laughs> in Australia. In Aust and, yep. Yep. and so it's just, it's insane. So start looking up those things. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of like, even in like some health foods, like things can sneak in and there's a lot of fake ingredients, like even like artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners are neurotoxins. They're yeah. literally messing with your brain. Yeah. And so many women are, you know, drinking Diet Coke. Everybody's sure. addicted to Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like you're having all these different mental health issues and you're drinking something every single day that's contributing to inflammation in directly. your brain. Yeah, yeah. indirectly. Yeah. So that's right. not even the gut. That's just directly to the brain. Yeah. Um, and then there's artificial colors and fla like flavors we talked about. But um, artificial colors, there's a lot of research now. Like you don't have to dig really hard to find this stuff anymore that there's like, they're also neurotoxins or they're leading to things like autism and like, you know, like these different like spectrum disorders. And so it's really not good. Yeah, <laughs> so just yeah. to be mindful of eating real food and figuring out what that looks like. I, I love that you're talking about, because it's the same concept in journey of wholeness. We have to get to the root. We have mm -hmm. to figure out, uh, there's a quote by Desmond Tutu I, I often quote. It's, we have to stop pulling people out of the river and figure out why they're falling in. And the same is true in our mental health. The same is true in our nutritional health. We can make these changes. You're trying to address when someone's coming in asking and saying, hey, I have a weight issue. Really, that's the symptom. It's not mm -hmm. why that's happening. And if we use all these ways to try to patch or cap or address the symptom, we're always going to be struggling with the same root issue. And so uh, whether that's in your nutrition or whether that's in your mental health or spiritual health, uh, we're looking at what's the root. But before we uh, close out, because I know we're coming up on time, talk about, you know, I, I know you're talking about the positive benefits. I start this program, I start doing things the way that you've taught me and I'm having positive results. But what about um, those who don't initially have a positive result? Talk about that and talk about the body and what it's doing in that process. Sure. Yeah. So there's two types of clients. <laughs> there's people who come and they like, they do great. They excel, they lose weight. They get all like the, the positives. Right. And then there's another type of client that, um, it takes a lot more. Yeah. A lot of times there's some kind of mental component. Mm -hmm. But also when our bodies have been in chronic fight or flight for an extended period of time, 
A lot of our systems have been downregulated, including digestion and our immune system. And so what can happen is our gut bacteria and um, basically our gut environment can become like overpopulated with bad pathogens. So whether that's a yeast, a bacteria, a parasite. Parasites are really common. I mean, they're as common in humans as they are in your animals, and we parasite cleanse our dogs yearly, but we never parasite cleanse ourselves. (laughs) So, like, I know it's creepy and weird to think about, but, like, we're exposed to those things, especially if we have animals, right, that sleep in our beds and lick our faces and all that kind of stuff. So what's happening, like— Going back to, like, if we have normal function, our immune system should be able to stand against that, right? But when we've been in fight or flight for most of our lives, which a lot of people who have experienced a significant trauma or even just for myself, I had a lot of learned behaviors from yeah. my my mother and my grandmother who they experienced themselves some significant trauma. Sure. But again, I was always stressed out in that fight or flight, and that's how that kind of happened to me. So it doesn't always have to be a trauma, but— Essentially, what happens is you get an overpopulation of that bad bacteria or whatever that overcolonization is, and that can exasperate your symptoms even more because that makes things more complicated. And that was the case for me for a lot of my journey because those different like things that are living in your gut will eat different sugars that you feed it. And like, it's kind of, so that that's where you need to like, you really need to be working with a practitioner to clear right. that out. Um, but The beautiful thing is if you are on like a mental health journey and you really grasp it and, you know, you find healing and that redemption, our bodies, again, are beautifully made. Like they will go back as long as you still have all your body parts. Because unfortunately, I think we've discussed that before. Your body should function optimally when given the right environment. So if we can get your brain out of fight or flight, into rest and digest, and then on top of that, be nourishing the body and supporting it in the way that it needs to, it will course correct. It will. Sometimes people need to detox that stuff. Sometimes they don't. Right. And so don't be discouraged, I guess, is the point. If uh, you're going through this process and things seem to be getting worse, Know that they're going to get better, but your body is doing exactly what it knows how to do. And it is getting rid of all the things that aren't contributing to optimal health in your body. It doesn't mean that it's not working, but you want to be working with a good, um, uh, uh, well, nutritionist. I thought of all the different (laughs) (laughs) or practitioner of somebody who could help you. Uh, But today we're talking about nutrition uh, who can walk with you and identify that for you and say, Mm -hmm. hey, I've seen this before. This is what's happening in your body. And having that understanding, I will say over and over and over again, we say it in journey, that's 80% of the work. Once I know what's happening and why it's happening, then I'm okay. It's when we don't know. And so going to the root, figuring out where this started, how does my body work and and what is it possibly doing right now instead of sitting there and and guessing or just feeling like... uh, you're at the whim of your body and it's not cooperating with you, know that your body is always working for your good. Um, and I love that you mentioned, you know, she pointed at me when she said, if you don't have all your body parts, I don't have uh, body parts. I don't have my golf ladder. And so that complicates a little bit. I don't have the bile uh, production that helps me break down certain foods. And so that's going to affect my nutrient absorption. So knowing those things, I absolutely did not get a pamphlet or any information. Uh, they took my gallbladder, relieved the fire that was in my body, uh, but didn't I didn't get any instruction about that. And so I kind of just walked blindly for a good number of years going, you know, what what is this? Why is this happening now? Like you said in the beginning, feeling ashamed of like, you know, what is wrong with me? Once I understood how 
my body functions and how it wouldn't function without that organ, then I could do the things necessary to help and cooperate with my body uh, and contribute to its uh, wholeness and healing. So thank you so much for coming and sharing. Uh, I think this is such a like critical topic for so many of us. I think we all have these conversations with our girlfriends, uh, but don't always have the opportunity to talk to somebody who actually knows what's happening. Uh, so I know this was helpful and useful and a blessing to anybody. Thank you. Thank you, Timberland. Thanks for joining us for our special Mental Health Month series. Do you have a question you'd like to address on the podcast? Email us at info at j2wholeness.org. Please rate, review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at j2 underscore wholeness. The Whole Podcast is a production of Journey to Wholeness, a program designed to equip you to face life's challenges. For more information about online courses, in-person groups, intensives, and retreats, please visit our website at j2wholeness.org. The letter J, the number two, wholeness.org.